Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over your wide receiver start or sit decisions for week number one of the 2023 fantasy football season. We are going to start with Thursday night football and go in depth into every single matchup on the week all the way until Monday night football, and I'll be telling you guys whether you should start or sit the wide receivers in every single game, but before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want my weekly rankings, check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50. The weekly rankings will be posted a little bit later tonight and updated throughout the week. And I also answer every single question asked to me on there. So without further ado, let's get into my week numero uno wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, for the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey did end up hyperextending his knee today in practice. Now, this could be an injury that is not as severe as some are reporting, but this also could be a scenario where Travis Kelsey misses the first two or three games of the season. This game is on Thursday. It's not on Sunday, so I think... The availability of Travis Kelsey is 100% in question here, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if we don't see Travis Kelsey in week one against the Lions. That does open a huge door for Canarius, Tony, Sky, Moore, or MVS to succeed in this game. The problem is, we all know deep down that Patrick Mahomes, outside of Travis Kelsey, loves to spread the ball out. He's like Oprah Winfrey. You get the ball. You get the ball. You all get the ball. So if I had to guess which wide receiver ends up getting the most targets in this game it would be Sky Moore Canarius Tony is coming off of an injury this is a guy that is going to be used in terms of having lower snap share in my opinion in this offense could he score a touchdown yes but do I want to start him in week one no if I had to start any of them it would be Sky Moore but I'm just gonna feel it out in this game right I don't really feel like there's a need to start any of these guys here do they have upside of course because this could be a really high scoring matchup but I would rather just leave them on my bench for the Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown is a must start every single week with Jameson Williams suspended for the first six games of the season. I think it's entirely possible up against the Chiefs that Amon Ross St. Brown gets 10, 11, or maybe even 12 targets. In this matchup, Amon Ross St. Brown was dominant like Shaquille O'Neal in the paint last season. Going to be seeing a large amount of targets, and I expect a big game out of him up against the Chiefs. For the other ancillary wide receivers without Jameson Williams, they've got Josh Reynolds as well as old man Marvin Jones. Jr., but ultimately, with what the offensive coordinator talked about of the Lions that I talked about in my running back starter sit video from earlier, we might see Jameer Gibbs going out wide and catching passes, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if Amon Ra was the number one target, the number two was Gibbs, and the number three might not even be one of those receivers. It might end up being Mr. Sam Laporta. Moving to the Sunday slate, we begin with the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Not the most exciting game for the wide receiver position but I am interested to see how things play out for the Carolina Panthers wide receivers with Bryce Young. I think it is entirely possible that we do see a pattern develop of one of these guys being the clear number one receiver in the Panthers offense, making them a start weekly following this game. But I do want to leave this as a feel it out game, right? While if I had to guess, I think Adam Thielen's going to be the number one target. Now, does Adam Thielen look like he looked like a couple of years ago? No. 
Adam Thielen is not as good as he was a couple of years ago, but in terms of comparing him to Jonathan Mingo, baby shark, do 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 do, baby shark. Pretty clear to me that Thielen's probably the most talented receiver there, and I think Bryce Young is going to rely on that veteran presence in the offense, but I also think the Falcons' defense is sneaky good, and I don't really want to be starting any of the wide receivers for the Panthers in this game. Drizzy Drake London is the classic scenario of start your studs, right? You drafted Drake London inside the top five or six rounds of your fantasy football draft. Is Desmond Ritter really going to take a huge step up this year? Maybe, maybe not. I think this might be a lower scoring game, but I do want to take a chance on the talent of Drake London to take things over the top and have a huge performance up against the Carolina Panthers. Matt Collins, while this guy did give an electric quote about how he doesn't eat any food with utensils, he just uses his hands, and he doesn't wear socks or shoes because you want your feet to be touching the ground. He seems like a little bit of a crazy person, but he is not going to be a start for me, and neither will Kaderil Hodge. Moving to the next game here, we got an AFC North match of the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Now, I talked about this in the running back starter sit video as well, that I think this game might be sneaky, low scoring. We all know when the Browns play up against the Cincinnati Bengals or any of these AFC North teams battle, you can throw out the record book, right? Obviously, week one, both teams are 0-0, right? No one's won a game, no one's lost a game. But if this was in week seven, the Bengals were undefeated and the Browns haven't won a fucking game. And this is the first time these two teams are playing it wouldn't shock me at all if the Browns laid the smack down on the Bengals. These teams know each other very well. Ultimately, though, you're not sitting Jamar Chase, Teehee, Higgins, or Mari Cooper, even if I think this one might be more of a ground-and-pound attack, more of a lower-scoring game. You're not going to convince me to sit Jamar Chase. You're not going to convince me to sit T. Higgins or Amari Cooper. I do believe Deshaun Watson has a bounce back year in 2023. It would hard, it would be hard for him to be as shit as he was last season. If we're being honest, right, last season was incredibly hard to watch. I think he bounces back. Will this be a huge game for Watson? In my opinion, probably not, but I do like Amari Cooper in this game. And while I say that I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, would it be shocking if this was the highest scoring game on the week with these two offenses? It shouldn't really be. Tyler, yeah, Boyd is going to be a sit for me. Now, if you just want to lock in like nine PPR fantasy points, then go ahead and play Tyler Boyd. But at the end of the day, I am looking for more upside than that. I'm not looking for the safety net, the condom around my team. So I'm not playing Tyler Boyd unless there's an injury to Chase or Higgins. Knock on wood, we don't root for injuries. Elijah Moore is a guy that I've been talking up all fantasy football offseason. I love the fact that Elijah Moore goes from the dysfunctional Jets and the quarterback situation there to Deshaun Watson, who I think is going to be a little bit better. Ultimately, the Jets will probably have a better record than the Browns, but Elijah Moore had to deal with a bunch of bullshit in his career thus far. I think this is going to be a great move for his career, but in week number one, I'm going to let him ride the pine. Same thing goes with Donovan Peoples-Jones to me. He's demoted to the wide receiver three scenario or the wide receiver three role for the Browns in terms of targets. Moving next to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts, another division rivalry. We got the first ever start of Anthony Richardson. So Michael Pittman Jr. is a 
start. I talked him up all offseason, giving him the gawk gawk 9,000, talking about how this man is going to see an insane target share in this offense. He's going to be one of the most targeted wide receivers in the National Football League, just like he was last year. But let me tell you something. Michael Pittman Jr. is a bottom of the barrel start this week. I know the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is not the Saxonville Jaguars of the past, right? They don't have fucking Jalen Ramsey on the team anymore. But at the end of the day, while the Jaguars defense might just be the definition of mid, starting a receiver on a team with a rookie quarterback who's already kind of suspect in terms of his passing abilities with the wide receiver core that the Colts have without Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson being on his side, with the fact that the Colts offensive line last year was a big miss instead of being pretty solid like I thought they would be, I'm worried about Pittman for this first game. I think as the season prolongs, Richardson will figure it out. I mean, Pittman was a decent start every single week with Carson Wentz, with Sam Ellinger, with Matty Ice Ice Baby under center. I do really believe that... Mr. Anthony Richardson is going to end up unlocking the full potential of Pittman, but right now, he's a guy that, if I had other options, would probably end up on my bench. For the Jaguars, Calvin Ridley is a must-start wide receiver. This is a guy that I was banging the drum for all offseason. I have him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver on the season. I believe heavily in Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and this offense. I believe Calvin Ridley is the clear number one target on this offense. He absolutely dominated 50 Shades of Grey style my Dolphins defense when they played in preseason. I think Calvin Ridley is going to surprise a lot of people who are too scared to draft him because he hasn't played over the last couple of years. Christian Kirk is a start as well. Now we have talked ad nauseum this offseason about the fact that in preseason Christian Kirk in the two wide receiver sets was not there. They actually used Zay Jones as the number two with Calvin Ridley in the two receiver sets but this is going to be a game where the Jaguars are going to score a lot of points, right? Christian Kirk is going to be involved in this matchup. I do worry that Zay Jones being the number two receiver in the number two sets with Ridley is going to hurt the floor of Christian Kirk, but I do recognize the significant upside is still there in such a great offense. Zay Jones is going to be a sit for me, but I do think with how much usage he could potentially see in this offense, he might be a sneaky start a couple weeks down the line, especially when teams are getting hit by bye weeks and you're like, oh shit, who do I start? Zay Jones could be interesting in those scenarios. The other receivers for the Colts, again, I told you I was incredibly nervous, shivering to my spine about Michael Pittman, so there's no way in fuck I could be confident in Alec Pierce or Josh Downs. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as hit that like button down below. It helps me out a ton. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the cold like Minnesota Vikings. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we are going to be rolling out Chris Godwin in this game. I do like Mike Evans this year, and I think people are severely underrating him. But the problem is, in week one with Baker Mayfield, even though the Vikings defense is far from ideal... I know they added in Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator, and I think Brian Flores is an excellent defensive coordinator... Can he fix everything Bob the Builder, Handy Mandy style in week number one, right? Is it going to be a full 182? Literally a disgraceful NFL defense that let the Indianapolis Colts run a train on them before the Vikings somehow made that miraculous comeback. You like that, Kirk Cousins, Kirk O'Chains. But I do worry 
about the Vikings defense. At the end of the day, though, while I am a Mike Evans truther, he's a sit, but he is just barely a sit, right? You know how there is the guy in home improvement with the hat who's kind of like putting his head over the fence? Mike Evans' head is just below the fence, right? He's just, just like you can see the tip of his head there, right? So if you wanted to start him, you definitely could, but he would not be ranked inside of my top 33 wide receivers on the week. But again, that doesn't mean that I hate him. I am just a little bit nervous about Baker. I think Chris Godwin is much safer. You know the volume is going to be there. Last year, he was actually coming off of a pretty uh, substantial? substantial injury so we could actually see Chris Godwin greatly improve in 2023 compared to 2022 even though the quarterback situation is worse but then again Tom Brady was not the same Tom Brady of yesteryear's last season right that version of Tom Brady had half of his fucking foot in the retirement home for the Minnesota Vikings Justin Jefferson obviously a must start I don't really need to talk too much about that the Buccaneers defense isn't all that great either this season Justin Jefferson could easily be the number one receiver on the week but again anyone with half of a fucking brain already knew they were starting Justin Jefferson right it's not some uh, you're not gonna have an epiphany from watching this video to start Jefferson I want a bad bitch Jordan Addison Ray is a start for me as well I think the Minnesota Vikings offense is gonna run train in this matchup I think Jordan Addison has top 24 upside this was one of the most pass heavy offenses in the National Football League last season and I think they are going to replicate that in 2023 now, will they finish at the end of the year with the same percentage of pass versus run plays? Maybe, maybe not. But even if they retract slightly, like your cock when it gets a little bit cold, I do think that Jordan Addison is in for a humongous season. Plus, he never has to go up against the best DBs because they're worried about Jordan, not Jordan Addison, they're worried about Justin Jefferson ripping them a new butthole. So Mike Evans is a sit, but just barely. Trey Palmer is a guy that was getting a lot of hype in training camp. They I think he could be a good piece for the Buccaneers in the future, right? There's talks about Evans not really, the Bucks not really meeting the demands of Evans for his contract negotiation. So maybe Palmer's the future in Tampa Bay, but in his rookie year with Evans and Godwin there, I am not doing that. KJ Osborne is a guy that is interesting. We've seen him in years past have some pretty big games, but we haven't really seen him do it consistently. So with Jordan Addison there and Hawkinson, I would be hard-pressed to start KJ Osborne. Moving next to the Titans at the New Orleans Saints. I love DeAndre Hopkins. Now the Saints defense is going to be tough, right? I don't think this is some pushover matchup for Ryan Tannehill and the late Titans. I do think the Saints ultimately win this game, but I think a lot of people are scared shitless to start DeAndre Hopkins because people were scared to draft him too. The Titans are where receivers go to die, Nick. Don't you remember Julio Jones from a couple years ago? Well, Julio Jones, just like Tom Brady, one foot in the retirement home, right? That wasn't the Julio Jones that was one of the most dominant wide receivers in the NFL, right? That was a watered-down version of Julio Jones. D-Hop still looks like D-Hop, right? In 2022, he looked good. I've seen some clips in training camp. He still looked good. Now, is he going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver? Probably not, but could he have five or six top 12 se- top twelve games this season with Ryan Tannehill under center? I definitely think so. So I am in on DeAndre Hopkins this week. The matchup makes him not like an upper echelon option, but there's a lot of players that 
I would much rather start DeAndre Hopkins over, and we'll talk about that even further in the wide receiver rankings for the week that are coming out later on in the week. So Chris Olave for the Saints is going to be a start. Again, start your studs. You drafted him in the top two or three rounds. I was someone who was vocally worried about Michael Thomas in this offense. I'm worried that Michael Thomas could actually stay healthy and just nosedive the value of Chris Olave off the edge of the earth, right? You don't have Michael Thomas stay healthy in this offense and have him just not command targets. We saw last year at the beginning of the season when Michael Thomas was healthy, this guy was incredibly involved in the Saints offense. Now, do I have the balls, the cojones to start Michael Thomas in week number one? Fuck no, baby, because this guy might end up getting hurt fucking taking a shower before the game, right? He might get hurt putting some extra deodorant on in the locker room during halftime. But ultimately, I do think Michael Thomas could have a large impact on the value of Chris Olave, though Chris Olave is a deep down down the field threat we do know that Derek Carr likes to close his eyes and let that fucker fly and throw it deep down the field right like that meme f it Chris Olave is out there somewhere so I think Olave does have a great game here against the Titans the Titans defense is just whack so Chris Olave should have a good game but Michael Thomas could sneaky have a really good game but I just simply do not have the balls to start him Traylon Burks, interestingly enough, should actually be good to go for week number one. I thought he was going to miss the first couple of games of the season. That's very positive for him. Ultimately, though, with D-Hop in this offense, you're never really going to want to start Burks. He will have big games, but you're never really going to want to start him. Nick Westbrook, Ekaine now is just shining shoes for Burks and Hopkins. Again, I do like Michael Thomas, but I'm not starting him this week. And then Rashid Shahid, if something happens to Michael Thomas... Knock on wood would be very interesting, does have some solid speed, and has been a spike weak guy for this team. But with MT there and Olave, I am just going to stay away. And I think without Alvin Kamara, we could see Chris Olave just see a crazy amount of targets over the first three games. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to keep it a buck with you guys. I am very nervous about Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Not as much Ayuk, more so Debo, because people drafted this guy with such high draft capital. This was a guy that was a big, fat bust last season. He didn't just fail mildly. He failed in a big way. He was on fucking America's Funniest Home Videos, fucking falling out of a, you know, those old TV show where someone would like fall out of a shopping cart straight on their face to be like ha 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 America's Funniest Home Videos are like a baby would somehow like fall backwards and land on the couch and be like ha 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 right that's what Debo Samuel did he got caught in 4k on television sucking ass last season right now will he be able to bounce back Maybe. The problem is this guy relied so heavily in 2021 on the rushing upside. He scored so many touchdowns. I don't see him scoring a million touchdowns if Kittle stays healthy, if McCaffrey's healthy, right? This guy got a lot of value from running the ball. Now they have Christian fucking McCaffrey on the team. How is he going to get a lot of rushing opportunity with Christian McCaffrey on the team? So I am worried about Debo Samuel. I will not lie and say that I'm comfortable with Debo Samuel. But again, You paid the ultimate price. You drafted him where you did in the top four rounds. You're playing him in week number one. I think this game is going to be a defensive battle. I am a huge fan of both of these defenses. Ayuk, though, I am going to start him. He does have significant upside in any given game. So again, he's a guy I'm willing to play. Start your studs, right? 
but I am definitely worried about Debo this season. Deontay Johnson going up against this tough Niners defense. For him, you're just hoping for the targets, right? We all know that the targets are going to be voluptuous, like the butt of Nicki Minaj. So you're going to be hoping that this guy gets a lot of targets game in and game out. And I think that is going to be the case in week number one. Now, does he have a lot of touchdown upside in this game? Probably not. But we did score, see this guy score a grand total of zero touchdowns last year, so that's bound to get better. I think DJ has a pretty decent game, and again, even while the matchup is tough on paper, he's a safe option because of the volume. George Pickens is a guy with a lot of big game upside, right? He's a guy that can make those crazy reach back, like 1-3, Odell Beckham Jr., insane highlight reel, ba-da-da, da-da-da, ESPN top 10 catches. But will he be able to play great against... The Niners, right? Pickens is a guy that is known for significantly or reliably not getting a lot of separation, right? He makes the crazy plays where the DB is basically fucking holding on to him like the Titanic. You know what I'm talking about? Holding it like at the front of the Titanic and Pickens just makes a crazy catch. Now, I think he's going to improve in 2023. I think that Kenny Pickett, small hands Pickett's going to get better in 2023. But against the 49ers, this is definitely a tough go at things. Allen Robinson, the old man, has actually shown up decently in the preseason. Maybe this will be the revival of his career, but with DJ as well as Pickens ahead of him, you're just not going to start him. And then Juwan Jennings is good for like two games this year where he somehow gets like a 100-yard touchdown, but... In terms of starting him for fantasy, you're simply not doing that. Moving next to the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. Simply one of the most disgusting games on the slate. We are going to have Clayton Looney Tunes going up against Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. Terry McLaurin, could he play? Could he not play? My best guess would be that he doesn't play. Now, am I saying that he's 100% out? No. We're on Tuesday. There's still Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, Sunday, right? We're six days away from Sunday. So it wouldn't be crazy to see McLaurin go out there, but even if he does play, like, do we expect the commanders to riverboat Ron to risk the health of McLaurin? I wouldn't think so, right? If he goes out there, sure, maybe he plays some snaps, right? It wouldn't be surprising if he was out there in a limited fashion, but to put him out there 100% of the time or a very high snap share would just be stupid, but we have seen in the past that Riverboat Ron just might be a fucking idiot, right? Like, this is a guy that was getting the gawk gawk 9,000, the sucky sucky, right? Everyone was basically just slobbering on this guy when he was the Panthers head coach, all the Cam Newton stuff. But once he got to Washington, it was like last year he forgot that they were eliminated from the playoffs. Like he didn't know they had to win that game. And then earlier, a couple weeks ago, came out that he didn't realize how good Sam Howell was. Well, like you're the head coach of the commander, so how did you not know that? Like, what the fuck? Like that really confused me. So maybe he's a little bit crazy, but I think Eric Bieniemy will will even him out there, you know. Rub his back, give him a nice massage, Deshaun Watson style, and tell him to cool down with McLaurin. So I don't think we see a lot of McLaurin. If we don't see McLaurin, we are going to see a whole lot of Dotson up against a garbage Arizona Cardinals defense. I think Jahan Dotson's going to be going to pound town all, all night long up against that Cardinals defense. I think that Jahan Dotson could finish as a top 12 wide receiver on the week. We've seen spike games out of him last season. This guy's a first round NFL draft pick up against a cupcake soft serve soft as baby shit matchup up against the Cardinals. I am in love with Jahan Dotson for this spot. 
For the Cardinals, I know the Commanders are not some world-beating defense. They're not the 85 Bears, but with Clayton Toon under center, there is no way I can reasonably tell anyone to start Hollywood, Brown, Rondell Moore, or Michael Wilson, even with all this hype of Michael Wilson out of training camp. With Clayton Toon, there's just no way. And look, could Hollywood Brown get wide open, catch like some 70-yard bomb and score a touchdown? Yes. Right? That's what Hollywood Brown does. But you want to start him? No, right? Like, who in the right mind wants to wants to start any of these Cardinals guys besides, in my opinion, Connor? Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. We're sitting everybody in this game. First ever game for C.J. Stroud in the National Football League. Notoriously threw a terrible pick in his first preseason action. I do love Nico Collins this season. I have been talking him up all offseason as the number one receiver, the head of the table, Roman Reigns of this offense. But, 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 not starting him in week one against the Ravens defense, not starting Mechie or Robert Woods. This is another one of those classic feel-it-out scenarios, right? See what happens week one. See what happens week two. And then maybe you can throw Nico Collins into your lineup. For the Ravens, I'm also going to be feeling things out, right? With Rashad Master Bateman, Zay Flowers, and Odell Beckham Jr. healthy, who's the number one target? To me, I would think the number one target is going to end up being Rashad Bateman, but the number one target might also just be Mark Andrews, and all of these guys end up as bums in this game. Now, the problem is they're playing up against the Texans, and while I think the Texans' defense has greatly improved from last season, do we really expect the Texans to hold down the Ravens? No. Could Flowers, Odell, or Bateman have a weak winning game? I'm talking about a game where they have the game breaker from NFL Street where they're just fucking running uncovered. No one could tackle them. Just doing the Billy Strutt, Connor McGregor style directly into the end zone. That wouldn't be surprising at all. Maybe all three of them score a tug in this game. Wouldn't be crazy. But again, it's week one. None of these guys were guys you had to draft super early on. So unless you're in a league where you have to start three receivers, two flexes, or three flexes, sure, if I had to guess, I would start Bateman. But this is not really a game where I want to be starting any of these receivers, if I'm being honest with you. They all kind of do have upside on Baltimore. I will acknowledge that. But too too scary, in my opinion, to roll them out in week number one. Moving next to the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. A heated rivalry of the Packers versus the Bears. But without Mr. Discount, double-check the owner of the Chicago Bears. So he, he says that himself. Now with the Jets, this could be an interesting one. Now, a lot of people are very scared of love me tender, love me sweet Jordan Love. But I'm not as scared. Now, I have been on record saying multiple times that I don't think that Jordan Love will live up to the Rodgers, the Brett Favre, right? These quarterbacks that the Packers have had over the last a gazillion years, right? But I don't think anyone should expect that, right? Maybe Packers fans expect it because they have been spoiled with greatness at the quarterback position. But could Jordan Love be like the 18th or 20th best quarterback in the NFL? Yeah. And could that... Yeah! Fucking LA Knight. And could he be... Good enough to elevate Watson to be a top 12 receiver? I think so. Like, Aaron Rodgers wasn't surgical last season, right? He wasn't slicing and dicing his way through the defenses. And Watson still found a way to be productive. In training camp, he's the clear number one. There were a lot of reports that him, Jordan Love, and Watson have a great connection. 5G LTE. 
against the Bears defense. These aren't the Bears defense in the last couple of years. Again, they're no schlubs, but I think Christian Watson has a pretty solid day. Between him and DJ Moore, I have these guys on a lot of my teams. These are two of my favorite mid-round wide receivers to target. If I had to pick one or the other, which I think is going to be a predicament for me in one league, I think I would lean Christian Watson because he has a much softer cornerback matchup compared to DJ Moore. Wiki wiki DJ Moore, but it is definitely close and I am still a large fan of DJ Moore. Speaking of DJ Moore, he is a start as well. There's been so many reports about him and Justin Fields' rapport as well. Justin Fields going as far as saying as his life is forever better for having DJ Moore on this team. I know Justin Fields didn't look like the best passer last year, but it's hard to look like a great passer when Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are your number two and number one wide receivers, right? So I think the addition of DJ Moore is huge for the upside of Justin Fields. I think DJ Moore has a quite a solid showing here up against the Packers, but his upside is limited by the fact that the Packers defense is pretty solid. Darnell, here comes the Mooney, and Chase Claypool are going to be sits for me again with DJ Moore being such a big presence on this team. I believe he's going to see a humongous target share, be peppered all the time, game in and game out. I just don't really want to be starting Mooney or Claypool. Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed. I think one of these guys are going to be interesting for fantasy this year. I guess if I had to guess, it would be Romeo Dobbs, but I do actually like Jaden Reed more. So we'll see how this plays out in week one, as well as to infinity and beyond this season. But right now for week one, Watson and Moore are the only guys I'm rolling out for the Packers and the Chicago, Chicago Bears. But before we move on into the final games on the slate, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Now I know you guys have already done all your fantasy football drafts. You might be in four, five, 10, 30 fucking leagues at this point. But if you want to draft some more, Underdog Fantasy still has some best ball drafts to be done. Yesterday, they dropped the Puppy 4, $5 to enter, $25,000 to first place, $250,000 in total prizes. That is a big tournament on there. Best Ball Mania 4 has not filled yet, $25 to enter, 150 max entries, $3 million to first place, $15 million in total prizes. If you want to enter that, you got to get in right now because it's close to filling. If you don't know what best ball is, it's the best part about fantasy football. You don't have to worry about waivers, trades, or editing your lineup, the in-season management, because at the end of every single week, Underdog automatically throws the highest scores into your lineup for you, and that makes it so, hey, if you accidentally start the wrong receiver all the time or the wrong running back, they automatically go into your lineup for you, and they have huge prizes on there. If you're not interested in the big tournaments, they also have smaller games, which is basically just like a league with 11 other people, right? You buy in for as low as $3. First two plays make money. Third place gets their money back. If this sounds interesting to you, use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. You deposit $100. They give you an additional $100, $50, additional $50, $25, additional $25. Minimum deposit on there is... $10 after this video that I finished recording. I'm going to go on there and do some more drafts, get some more shots into these tournaments before they fill. Moving next to game numero 11 on the slate, the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Denver Broncos in mile high. Cortland Sutton is a start for me assuming Jerry Judy doesn't play. Now, it seems like there's some optimism about Judy playing. Even if Judy plays, though, again, this is just like with Terry McLaurin. Do you really expect Sean Payton to throw Jerry Judy out there to the Wolves in week one? 
Like, even if he plays him, we can't expect a significant snap share. He's going to be out there like a decoy. Now, is he going to just not run the correct routes? No, he's going to run routes, probably, if he plays. But I don't expect a significant workload for him. So he's definitely a sit if he doesn't play. That we would see Brandon Johnson. Who the fuck is that guy? As the number three receiver, probably. So he's an obvious sit. Marvin Mimsy. I am so interested in him. Loved the talent out of college. Loved it. Loved the matchup against the Raiders. But Russell Wilson himself is a risk, right? This could be a flaming pile of dog shit this season. This offense could be a flop yet again. So while I do have the balls to start Cortland Sutton, I don't have them to, th to play Marvin Mims and I don't even really have them to play Sutton he's like a bottom of the barrel start right like where we're talking about Mike Evans as a sit you can easily argue you want to start Mike Evans over Cortland Sutton I wouldn't say it's crazy the Raiders though that, de that defense is bad Devontae Adams is a must start you drafted him in the first or second round I know the Broncos defense is tough right this is far from a cupcake matchup but you can't really fail with Devontae Adams, right? Even if he has a bad game, he's still getting you like 10 points. So you'll be fine starting him. Jacoby Myers is a guy that I faded all offseason. He's another one of those guys like Tyler Boyd that just feels like wrapping a condom around your team. I'm hunting for upside late in the draft. Jacoby Myers is the opposite of upside. He's like nine guaranteed points every week. I just don't want that. Hunter Renfro got cucked by Jacoby Myers. So he is going to be a sit. Next up, we got the fly Eagles fly going up against the New England Deflatry in New England. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, must-starts. Close your eyes, throw them into your lineup. You don't even have to think twice about it. Tough matchup up against the Patriots, but ultimately the firepower of the Eagles offense. I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to subdue either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Both of these guys are boom or bust type players, but I don't even want to say boom or bust because when they bust pause, it's like still... 12 points so you're not even really that mad like you're not like oh thank god i started aj brown and Devonte smith but the boom is why you start him right here comes the boom here comes the boom where they drop like 25 plus points and that's possible against the patriots quez watkins another one of those guys like Jawan jennings right how you're watching the eagles game or it comes on on red zone and scott hansen's talking it's like oh and the eagles have scored a touchdown and then you see jalen hurts throw a fucking nuclear warhead <laughs> 50 yards down the field and Quez Watkins is just wide open and scores a touchdown, but he's not start worthy. Speaking of missile, apparently Juju Smith-Schuster's knee is a ticking time bomb. What the fuck does that mean? They're talking about how Devontae, not Devontae Smith, how Juju Smith-Schuster has like an explosive knee like it's just gonna burst at any point i was already off of juju smith schuster one of my friends took juju smith schuster in our draft last night i just sent him the screenshot i was like you just drafted this dude that has an explosive knee dude's too busy hitting the fucking tiktok corvette corvette screwing up his knee so you really hate to see that Devonte parker kendrick Bourne, all sits patriots receiver core is disgusting and the eagles defense is amazing next up we got my dolphins at the los angeles chargers Big game for my Dolphins, a prove-it game for the Dolphins. Are they legit or are they a little bit fugazi, right? Are they going to be a team that is just raw-dogging these bad teams, dropping their nuts on their forehead, teabagging them, and then when they go up against tough opponents, they fold. That was a lot like what we saw last season for the Dolphins. As a Dolphins fan, I'll admit it. I think we would have been much better with Tua healthy. Tua is healthy going into week number one. 
He's got that brand new helmet. Bro's looking like Darth Helmet out there. From, or Dark Helmet? What was his name? From uh, Spaceballs. You know what I mean, though? The dude with the big-ass helmet. That's the Darth Vader guy. So, hopefully my boy Oos is able to stay healthy. Uno. So, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle. On paper, this is a wet dream. Back and forth affair. Like, you, you remember back in, like, the Revolutionary War where they would just have muskets pointed at each other in a line and they just shoot... And then, the, then they go reload, and then while they're reloading, fucking Britain just shoots at you, right? That's basically what's going to be happening here. Just firepower back and forth. But, 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 I am worried that this one, went, oh my god, it's going to be super high scoring and ends up being lower scoring. Re remember this game last, last time? Last year? Not the best. Uh, very bad for my Dolphins. But uh, Tyree killed Jalen Waddle. I am ecstatic. I am erect when I select these guys. Uh, so I am playing them. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I'm not a huge Mike Williams truther, but week one, I don't really see Quentin Johnston eating too much into the target share. That could be uh, in greater effect as we get deeper and deeper into the season. So Keenan Allen and Mike Williams week one definitely starts. I think Keenan Allen has potential to get locked up. Don't let me out. By Xavier Howard in this spot, but they don't have Jalen Ramsey because he's hurt. Cater, Co Cater Kohu should be the number two corner for the Dolphins. I think Keenan Allen's going to just get enough targets where even if X is playing well on him, he'll probably still have a good game. And he does run very efficient routes. Like, he's always kind of open. So, he'll be just fine. And then Mike Williams again. Not ecstatic for his season outlook, but in week one against the Dolphins. Let's be honest. You'd be fucking silly to sit any of these guys. Interesting to see who the number three is going to be in terms of targets for the Dolphins. Will it be Berrios, Braxton Berrios? Will it be Cedric Wilson? We'll see, right? Robbie Anderson, Chosen Anderson, whatever the fuck, Robbie Chosen, like we've seen 5,000 different names for him. He's on the practice squad. Will he be elevated for week one? I'm not sure. Like, I think River Minecraft, River Craycraft could be seeing more snaps than him. So, interesting to see. Again, not really interested in starting them, though, because I think this Dolphins offense is so centered around Waddle and Hill, they don't really throw too much to the other guys. Quentin Johnston, again, a guy I love for season long, but in terms of week one upside, I think it's kind of low. Moving next to the LA Rams at the Seahawks, just another fucking disgusting matchup. Jackson Smith and Najigba, JSN, might mess around and play in week one, right? There are reports that this guy's going to get thrown on the IR, going to miss four or five weeks. He fucked uh, part of his, I believe it was his wrist, his hand, something on his arm. Fucked up. And that was like practicing, like could be good to go for week one. Again, are you going to risk your first round draft pick and play him a bunch in week number one? Probably not. So he's going to be out there, but not a guy I would be looking to start. Metcalf and Lockett, if JSN is down for the count, should be in for pretty big spike weeks potentially here. I don't think either of them are going to end up being super consistent pieces this season, but both of them have too much upside to really sit. And this is not the Rams defense from two years ago where they hoisted the Lombardi. If you had to start a Rams receiver, it would be Van Jefferson. I don't think Cooper Cup's going to play right. You don't fly to Minnesota to see a specialist for your hamstring if you're going to play in week number one, right? He was in Minnesota yesterday. I think he could be put on the IR. You drafted early. Cooper Cup might have uh, bit you in the ass, but he's a sit for me. Puka Nakua could be interesting. Do solid prospect out of college. Seahawks defense is the best, but I just, I just can't do it, man. I just can't do it. I guess if push came to shove, I'd start Van Jefferson, but it's week one, right? You're like, your team shouldn't be battered down with injuries just yet. Knock on wood, we don't root for any injuries. Moving next to, you waited all day for Sunday night. The Dallas Cowboys at the New York football giants. Lamb, close your eyes, start them in your lineup. 
Giants defense, actually not that bad, but you're still playing Lamb, right? He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Brandon Cooks is a safety net. One of those guys that is like, could be sat for like Mike Evans or Pickens, right? I'm starting him because I think this will be a higher scoring game and I think Cooks is going to get a lot of targets. But you could argue for the other guys. Like I think Evans or Pickens probably have more upside than Cooks. Cooks is just a lot safer. I love these Giants receivers. I love Jalen Hyatt, the speed, Hodgins, Slayton. I'm a huge Hodgins guy. But in week one against the Cowboys defense, like, can we really trust any of these guys? Probably not. Like, even if they were going up against the Texans, like, I guess I would take my shot on Hodgins, maybe. But probably not, right? This is just kind of a feel them out type of game. Michael, giddy up. Gallup uh, for the Cowboys is a sit for me as well. Brandon Cooks kind of demotes him to the number three role in that offense. Moving now to Monday Night Football, the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jumbo Jets. This game, defensive masterclass from the Jets, I would have to think. Jets defense going to play quite well. I don't think Stefan Diggs is going to get locked behind bars. And anyways, you're not sitting your first-round pick, so you just kind of have to play him, unless you're Cooper Cup, of course. Uh, Gabe Davis, I worry about him getting locked up against the Jets, so he's definite sit for me. Uh, Deontay Hardy, is he even the number three receiver? Like, we shall see. They've got a couple of guys on that team. So he's the guy that I found listed most as the number three, but I won't say that he's like a lock to be the number three guy. So Gabe Davis, Hardy are sits. Alan Lazard, the Lazard King, me, Cole Hardman, all sits. I just, like, let's be honest. If Randall Cobb plays week one, Randall Cobb might out-target Lazard and Hardman. Maybe not Lazard, but probably Hardman, right? We know that Aaron Rodgers has a hard-on for his Packers guys. Garrett Wilson must start. You drafted him probably in the second or the third round. I saw some drafts where he went in the first round, which I guess isn't that absurd if it was a very uh, wide receiver-heavy room. If you're in a running back-heavy room, that obviously was not the case. Bill's defense is pretty decent, um, but I'm going to start Garrett Wilson, right? Aaron Rodgers has been slobbering on this guy's knob like it's corn on the cob for a while now. So he's like, oh my God, I love my number 17s. He fucking sent that 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 tweet out where it's like, Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams, my number 17s. Aaron Rodgers, you, you, <laughs> you fucking weirdo, man. Oh man, the ayahuasca changed the man. So Garrett Wilson, Stefan Diggs, obvious starts. I don't even think I really need to say that. So thank you guys all for watching taking this journey with me. Like Snoop Dogg says at the beginning of, I know a place where the grass is really greener. What's that song called? California Girls? Where Snoop Dogg's like, let's take a journey. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know, man. That's like a, that's definitely like something that only people my age would probably get, right? If you're like 23, 24, 25 in that range, like when you were a kid when that came out. With that said, though, we just rambled on waffling for no reason. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button down below if you enjoyed. Tomorrow, quarterback, tight end, starter sets. Thursday, running back or wide receiver rankings. I'm not sure which one first. And then, live stream, Thursday night football. Already, it's feeling super close. I love you guys all so much. Thank you guys for everything. Our running back starts hit video fucking exploded, went nuclear, Oppenheimer styles. So thank you guys for that. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button or if you're new. Follow me on Twitter. And if you want my Patreon, it's $7.50. My weekly rankings will be posted on there, and I answer every single question on there. It's hard for me to get to every YouTube comment, but since people pay for the Patreon, I always answer questions on there. So thank you guys all for watching. Much love. Love you guys. Have a great one. Good.